What's up, everybody? You're listening to a recording of Will's Take on Sports Podcast. Today, 11-17, Hale Murray. Hale Murray, what a play by little Kyler Murray. Man, I don't think he's 5'10". I think he's shorter than that. And just the ability of DeAndre Hopkins to come down with that pass in the crowd where he's the only red shirt and there were three white shirts around him from the Buffalo Bills and he still pulled that catch in and was able to give Arizona the win. Whatever platform that you're listening to this podcast on, please hit that like, follow, subscribe button. And also, if you're on Twitter and Instagram, please follow me at WWS underscore sports show. And on Facebook, please go to my Facebook page and click the like button. Celebrating 100 years of the Negro Leagues. This is going to tie into some current news of today. I talked about Buck O'Neill previously and his accomplishments in the Negro League and also in Major League Baseball. He was the, I think, I don't think I made this point. He was the first African-American coach in Major League Baseball. Tying that to current day news, the Miami Marlins have hired Kim Ng as the general manager of the club. That is a serious accomplishment for her. Uh, read some of the interviews where she said she didn't think it, it was always her goal, but wasn't sure if it was a possibility. This is no, this is no token hire by Derek Jeter. Um, she comes with outstanding credentials. Uh, she was the assistant general manager of the New York Yankees while Derek Jeter was a player. And also under Brian Cashman and she also worked for Major League Baseball's front office so she's a base she's an executive in baseball she knows her stuff and so this is this is not a token hire so that's a that's a big deal that's a big deal because she's the first of any of the major sports leagues in a first female uh, to be a general manager and that's in any of the major sports leagues in America NBA NFL Major League Soccer and of course the first in Major League Baseball so that's 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 a big deal it's a really big deal alright before I get into games and individual individual performances that uh, got my attention uh, let me talk about the Masters because I did not watch that tournament at all um, Dustin Johnson um, had an outstanding uh, weekend 20 under that's that's impressive and he captured his second major title so fans or no fans you win a championship or you win a major in this case in golf it is still a big deal so congratulations to him also going to get in i want to say this about the trade that happened between um the Suns and the okc thunder with chris paul going to the phoenix suns i'm not really sure if this moves any type of a needle towards making the Suns a contender as far as capturing the Western Conference title, but it will make them uh, become part of that ever-increasing logjam of teams in the Western Conference that are trying to secure the eight spots in the playoffs for the Western Conference. So uh, that would put Phoenix there. Um, going to, I'm really interested in seeing how that pair, uh, um, how he would match with the pair of DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker. Devin Booker is a legit scorer. Um, he could definitely play off the ball, but he can play with the ball. So he's going to get a lot of 
opportunities to spot up and shoot with Chris Paul running the one position. That's the point guard in the NBA for the Phoenix Suns. So this is that's the trade that went down. There are other trade rumors and uh, that's going on before the NBA draft happens on Wednesday. Um, again, like I said before, I don't really know much about these players in the NBA draft. And that's because the season was shortened, as we all know, because of the COVID outbreak. They did not have a, uh, an NCAA tournament. Speaking of the NCAA tournament, they're talking about if they do uh, play in 2021, it will be at a single. It'll be in a single host city of Indianapolis. So you can do that for basketball and think about the safety of the players and trying to get that tournament off. But yet in NCAA football, these kids are traveling all over the country. And it's just, well, in different parts of the country. And they they just, the NCAA in college football is really just part of the times of today to where it's hard to see anybody um, being able to put on a season without having it interrupted by um, COVID positive tests. And that is the theme in college football, also in the, in the NFL. As far as college football, the team I root for, the Miami Hurricanes, um, their games have been shuffled around because their game this week between them and Georgia Tech is, has been canceled because of positive tests on the Miami Hurricanes rosters, roster. So I I said this. Before, I would be shocked if they're able to complete a season in college football and the NFL. And the way things are going right now in this here country, in the U.S., and also around the world because it's affecting European football too, it's just going to be very difficult to go through a season if it's not in a bubble situation or a hub city situation like the NHL, MLS did, and NBA did when they first returned to sports back in August. It's going to be hard to see how you complete a season. Major League Baseball went through their uh, situation when they were traveling all over the place. They even themselves decided to go to a hub city situation because to make sure they got their playoffs um, completed. And that's just, just a smart thing to do. So not wishing that on anybody as far as COVID positive tests, but it's going to be very difficult to see how with all this travel, how you can keep positive tests from um, affecting the NFL team and also college football. So that is what it is. Real quick, Terrence Bud Crawford uh, won his fight in the fourth round knockout or stoppage. I said this before this fight happened. Terrence Crawford is going to do what he does. He's the best pound-for-pound fighter in uh, the world. He he takes his time, he boxes, and then he drops guys. And that's exactly what he did. And in this occasion on Saturday night, he said, well, I had to get my timing and and just measure the distance. And once he got the timing and the distance correct, boom, buddy was done in the fourth round. So that's who Terrence Crawford is. I'd like to see him fight a tub of uh, some better competition. I didn't think that guy was uh, up to par in, in regards to uh, being in Bud Crawford's class, but there are not many fighters that are. So as far as in that in, in his weight class. But I don't want to see him fight Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao is old. No, maybe Earl Spence Jr. That was flo- that's was that been floated out there. Earl Spence is, is a pretty good fighter. Is he in Terrence Bud Crawford class? Nah, I don't see it. All right, let's get into these NFL games. Thank you. 
Buffalo Bills going to the desert, had a lead late touchdown pass by uh, Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs. I thought that game was over as I was watching it on the NFL Red Zone channel. And then Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins had their prayer answered. I named this podcast Hail Murray, but if you are a football fan, you know that play is called Hail Mary. So <laughs> just a play on words right there. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Stephon Diggs were both number one wide receivers at their previous spots. They had difficulty at the teams they were with. They got moved. Stephon Diggs from Minnesota. And the most baffling trade in the offseason was DeAndre Hopkins going from Houston to Arizona. These two young men have made a huge difference for the young quarterbacks that are now throwing the ball to them. Uh, Josh Allen has improved greatly. Um between last season and this season. He's the reason why uh, Buffalo is really at the top of the AFC East. And also, that move is the reason why I thought the Buffalo Bills could come out of the American Football Conference. This is why I picked them in the preseason. As far as Arizona goes, is that Kyler Murray, is a, he's a nightmare. He's a, he's, he's a headache for defenses. Even on that last play, you can see he runs away from a potential sack. And while he's totally going away from uh, the from his right. He's going he's rolling to his left and he's right handed and just chunks the ball perfectly in the end zone and DeAndre Hopkins goes and gets it. Is that was just one of the best plays so far of this twenty twenty season. So um that loss helped the Miami Dolphins beat in a tie in the loss column for the American uh football conference East. So the Dolphins, speaking of the Dolphins, they were able to get rid of uh, the Chargers. There was – this was the hype. The, the hype before this game was the battle between the fifth and sixth pick in the two twenty draft, two, uh, 2020 draft between Justin Herbert and Tua Tagovailoa. It's like this. Neither one of these guys had an outstanding day. Uh, Tua was efficient. He, he doesn't have to do much for the Miami Dolphins because the Dolphins' defense has really been outstanding, and they got a little – they got – better run uh, a better run game in this game against the Chargers the Chargers are just one of those having that type of season to where they just can't catch a break and get over the hump and I think that's going to cost Anthony Lynn his job and that's unfortunate this is it's it's again it's such a narrow margin of difference between a victory and a loss in the NFL but when you lose games by you know one score games on a consistent basis that usually calls coaches their jobs. Now, I don't want to see Anthony Lynn lose his job, but that's going to be where that's going to end up at the end of the season if they don't go on some mysterious miracle run or get it get it corrected to where they can complete games and get Ws. But the Chargers um, in this game, really the Dolphins' defense just had their number, basically. Um, I, the Keenan Allen, again, speaking of a receiver making a difference in a quarterback's uh, life and his quarterback play, Keenan Allen has been he has really shown up huge for Justin Herbert. So uh, this was a game where the Dolphins really concentrated on Keenan Allen. He didn't have that type of breakout game that he's had over previous weeks. The Dolphins are, are right there as far as being in contention for a playoff spot and winning the American Football Conference Eastern Division. They are, Dolphins are not uh, – I don't see the Dolphins as a Super Bowl contender. As a Miami Dolphins fan, I do not see the Dolphins as a Super Bowl contender right now because the lack of explosiveness on offense. You got to have an ex- 
some type of explosive ability on offense, quick score or quick quick strike ability. And the Dolphins just don't have that right now. I like Jakeem Grant. He may be the fastest Dolphin on that roster. I like him. Uh, of course, Devontae Parker is still playing um, at a consistent level. I don't know if it'll be Pro Bowl. If I can say it's a Pro Bowl or All Pro level, but he's playing on a consistent level. But the Dolphins need a difference maker on that offensive side of the ball as far as receiving at the receiving position and even at the running back position. But I think you can do running back by committee in the NFL uh, these days. All right, I pick five games every week. And last week, uh, off the games that happened on Sunday, I went three and two. Two games I lost was uh, Tampa Bay going to Carolina and getting that win. I picked the uh, Panthers. And the Ravens losing to New England, I picked the Ravens. Let me speak first about uh, – Tampa Bay and Carolina. I thought I thought Carolina would be able to capitalize on Tampa Bay uh, because the way Tampa looked uh, in that prime time game of their of their loss to the New Orleans, they got it right. They decided to run the ball a little bit more instead of the the uh, least amount of times they did against New Orleans. So they decided to run the ball, get themselves a better opportunity, let Tom Brady play off the play action and keep dinking and dunking, and every now and then throwing a shot downfield. My opinion about the Bucks, even last week, I said this, has not changed. I think they're a good football team. They just stunk up the joint against New Orleans, and it's a bad matchup with them against New Orleans. But when they play everybody else besides New Orleans, they play well. Hence, 46 points they threw up on the Panthers. Um, my opinion didn't change after them. I think they – Still got an opportunity to be one of the teams that can represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. So I just looked at last week as New Orleans is a bad matchup for them. So they got to avoid New Orleans in the playoffs. Maybe that'll give them a clear shot to host the Super Bowl at their home stadium. Um, New England, the Ravens, I don't know what to say about the Ravens in regards to this loss because – Maybe New England's offensive line is just that doggone good to where you know they're going to do all these. Uh, they're going to run the ball. They're going to power run, uh, run power plays with Cam, and you still can't stop it, and he's getting yards. Give New England credit and Bill Belichick and Cam Newton credit. They played a uh, – they had a great game plan. They executed the game plan, and hence they were able to get their fourth win of the year. The Ravens just looked like a team that some teams, teams may have figured out. Keep Lamar Jackson in the pocket. Make him throw the ball, and he's still not sufficient enough from the pocket uh, to really hurt a team right now. And that's going to be something he's going to have to improve on in order for the Ravens to make that step. So until he does, until he makes that adjustment and becomes better, Kansas City and Pittsburgh, to me, are the favorites to represent the AFC for the Super Bowl. So the Ravens are not a Super Bowl contender because they just can't sling the ball. They just can't throw the ball. They're not a good a good passing team. And on Sunday night, New England showed if we can and also Pittsburgh previously, if we can keep Lamar Jackson in their pocket and make him throw that ball, we got a chance to win the game. All right, other games, uh let's see some highlights that happened. Um first the Nick Chubb situation between Cleveland and Houston where Nick Chubb ran out of bounds and that got people all freaked out in fantasy and in betting and they just lost their mind. He made the correct play. He made the correct football play. It may suck for fantasy owners, and it may have sucked as far as uh, Cleveland covering the line, but it is what it is. 
All right, the game, uh, another game I picked and I got right between the Eagles and the Giants. I picked the Giants because I just don't have any type of a, a ounce of support for Carson Wentz right now and thinking that he can do this by himself. He did towards the end of last year, but that's a lot to ask of any player. With all the injuries on the Eagles team, to me, everybody in that NFC East is all the same. They're, they're all the same. It, it, I don't know who's coming out of there. Even Washington can come out of there. Philly's leading that division, and they're 3-5-1. That's all you need to know. It's all you need to know right there, how piss poor the NFC East is right now. Talked about the Cardinals and the Bills. I got that right. I picked that game. And then the last game I got right in my picks was between the Rams and the Seahawks. Russell Wilson has just really dropped off. He has. Um now Seattle's down on three losses. Then they got this game on Thursday night between them and the Cardinals uh, for the top of the NFC West division. That's a crowded division as you have three teams right now sitting at six and three. Crowded division. Very tough division. The Rams' defense is, is real. It's real. It was, it was real against the Dolphins. It's just that their offense just stunk up the joint and gave the Dolphins a lot of great field position. And plus, Dolphins ran back uh, a fumble for a touchdown and uh, got an interception that – put the Dolphins inside the five-yard line. So the Rams' offense cost them the game against the Dolphins. In this game, they were just – their defense put a whole lot of pressure on Russell Wilson. That's the kryptonite for any quarterback is pressure. You put pressure on him, it makes the quarterback rush his decisions and make errant throws, and you pick him off and you cause turnovers. That's been the way the National Football League is. That's how it goes in this past-happy uh, NFL. You – you got to be able to put pressure on the quarterback. Really, with four guys, you don't want to put your, your DBs at too much of a strain with man-to-man coverage with all these crossing routes that's going on nowadays. But put pressure on the quarterback, any quarterback, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, it doesn't matter. Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, you put pressure on these guys, and it will cause issues for them. Raiders beat the Broncos in their game. Uh, they're 6-3 and three also, so the Broncos stink. The Dolphins go play the Broncos this week, but – who knows any given Sunday, but as far as the Broncos are concerned in that in, in this game with the Raiders, the Raiders just took them behind the woodshed and just physically beat them up. Speaking of another physical beatdown, the Saints beat the 49ers, uh, and then Drew Brees got hurt. The play he got hurt on, um, and it was called roughing the passer because the guy made the sack, and they have this new rule in, in NFL right now, you can't land on a guy. When you sat the quarterback, try not to put all your body weight on him. This was a – it looked like a serious attempt by the defensive uh, player when he sacked Drew Brees to come off to the side. Wasn't sufficient enough or a great enough attempt in regards to the referees because they still called roughing the passer. But that play caused Drew Brees to have uh, cracked ribs and um, – I think it's a bruise lung or something like that. Some, some along those lines. But anyway, he was injured. He wasn't able to play in the second half, and Jameis Winston came in. If Jameis Winston is the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, you can forget New Orleans making a title run. You can forget it. It's not happening. He He's just not a good quarterback because he doesn't make great decisions so or good decisions. So the Saints defense may be turning around two good, strong performances back-to-back weeks, although – I don't know how much you can take into beating Nick Mullins at quarterback for San Francisco because this is not the San Francisco team that made this run to the Super Bowl last season. Uh, with a, they have a lot of injuries, but 
get a Saints defense credit. You can only play who's in front of you, and this is two weeks in a row they had strong defensive performances. So get them credit. Steelers are still unbeaten, so keep the champagne on ice. Miami Dolphins 1972 team. Okay, the Vikings were able to get the win on Monday night football over the Bears. I've said this so many times since Nick Foles was named the starter of the Chicago Bears. Sit still, Mitchell Trubisky. Nick Foles isn't the answer. And Bears fans should know that now. Matt Nagy should know that now. I don't Mitchell Trubisky, yes, he's not accurate. Yes, his decision making is questionable. You still you wasted all of that or you're you're wasting all of those uh that, that movement you did to dra- go up to the second pick and draft him. I know Matt Nagy wasn't the, 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 the guy who drafted him, but still, you wasted all those moves to move up to the number two spot to get Mitchell Trubisky. Play the kid. And when you when he was a starter, your team was 2-0. Play the kid. Since he's been going and he's not been the starter, your team is now 3-5. and five With Nick Foles at quarterback. Your offense is just flat out limited. That's just what it comes down to with either guy. And I would go with the guy you put the investment in and not a career backup like Nick Foles. That's what he is. And on the other sideline, Kirk Cousins, Mr. Guarantee, who started, who, who was the guy who ushered in these guaranteed contracts in the NFL, basically, uh, had a solid game, 292 yards passing. And then Dalvin Cook did his thing, 30 carries for Dalvin Cook. If Minnesota is going to make a run, it's going to be on the legs of Dalvin Cook and the play-action passing ability of Kirk Cousins. No-brainer. But there's no way in the world I can see Dalvin Cook just loading up on almost 320-some-plus carries for the year and be able to have anything left as far as going forward in his career. That means you're going to get used up a lot because that's a lot of pounding for a running back. That many amount of carries. Ex Latavius Murray. How that work? You get a lot of carries. They use that you, your your body feels that pain. You made that made happen one season, but you can't do that over a course of an NFL career. This is why NFL running backs don't have long careers. So he is their best chance to win. Get a ball to Dalvin Cook. But thirty carries is ex is excessive. That's a lot. So, but that's their best way to win. All right, let me talk about uh, this international friendly that happened between the USA and Panama. Okay, Panama's not a good soccer country. They're not a good soccer team. They got some guys who are MLS uh, on MLS rosters. That's all I need to say about that. The MLS is not a top-notch quality league like the football teams in Europe. But what I am encouraged by and what, what I watched uh, on Monday is that the U.S. youngsters – some of these guys that was on an under-20 team in 2019 are now getting senior call-ups and being promoted to the senior U.S. men's national team. The Sebastian Soto, uh, Tim Weah made an appearance yesterday. Although I'm really missed by what's going on with Tim Weah, uh, I know he's on loan from um, Paris Saint-Germain, PSG, uh, in the French League, the French top football league. I thought he would be... Uh, one of the uh, guys the U.S. could depend on. His career hasn't made that uh, that ascension quite yet. He's still kind of, I guess, trying to figure out what it, what would be his proper role, even probably on his club side and also with the U.S. Nationals team. So he just 
He's a super talent. He's a great talent. It's just that it hasn't clicked in quite yet. But what the guy who is uh, who who's intriguing to me, who I've been uh, really uh, following, what he's doing in the Bundesliga for Borussia Dortmund, it's a seventeen-year-old Giovanni Reina. Giovanni Reina will could possibly at seventeen. He's just doing things against grown men in that tough physical Bundesliga. And he's 17, and he's holding his own. He has an opportunity to be the greatest U.S. men's soccer player in history. Past Landon Donovan, past uh, some of the guys who uh, were on that 94 World Cup team, uh, the Kobe Jones, the Ernie Stewart's, and those guys. Giovanni Reina could be not only the greatest U.S. men's uh, soccer player or footballer, he could become one of the best footballers in the world. That's the type of talent that kid has. And I'm so anxious to see the pairing with him and Mitchell, uh, uh, Christian Pulisic and whoever they put up front. Preferably, I would hope it's Josh Sargent. But Josh Sargent um, did not play uh, in these two friendly matches for the United States men's national team. So that, that – is what it is. But anyway, that 6-2 drubbing of Panama in that friendly. So let's see. I'm surprised Brandon Aronson didn't get a call up. Maybe because the MLS is getting, is preparing for the playoffs, so that's probably why they didn't want to take him away from his club team in the MLS. I want It would be really interesting to see what he would look like with this team full of youth. All these guys are young. Um, Reggie Cannon, uh, former – FC Dallas player who's now playing over in Portugal. He made an appearance, actually got an assist uh, in that game. And, of course, Sebastian Soto, who when I watched this kid last year in the under-20s for the FIFA uh, tournament, he just scores goals. That's all he does. He just scores goals. He just has that knack and ability to score goals. I'm not comparing him to these guys I'm getting ready to mention, but it's similar with the outcome. That happens when uh, Lewandowski scores or uh, Lewandowski or Harry Kane. Those type of guys, they're not the most athletic of footballers in the world, but they find a way to get that ball in the back of the net. And that is the same thing with Sebastian Soto. He just finds a way. That's the, He just knows where to, where to make his runs, what spot to pick, and he always hits. He always has a shot on target. That's what good goal scorers do. You have to get the ball on target, on the keeper, make him make a save. Sometimes he does. More than, more than likely, he does not. All right, NBA draft Wednesday, and then NBA free agency is going to start. Uh, the James Harden possible trade or a rumored trade to the New Jersey Nets to pair him with or to make a trio of KD, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. As someone who's a Miami Heat fan, I hope that happens because that means they're not they're not going to play any defense. They're going to score points without a doubt, but they're not going to play any defense. So please let that happen, you know. And plus, after the draft, I don't know who the Heat's going to pick. They're picking somewhere in the twenties. Um, again, I I don't follow college basketball like that, so I couldn't really give you any opinion outside of the guys I keep hearing. Uh, at the top of the draft, the James Wiseman, the uh, LaMelo Ball, and, of course, the Edwards kid that played at the University of Georgia, 
these are the top three prospects in this draft. One of those teams are going to one of the top teams are going to select them, whether it's Minnesota or uh, Golden State. If I'm Golden State, yeah, James Wiseman has the size. He seems to have skill, but he is young. He's not going to put Golden State on a run towards capturing uh, an NBA championship. They need a veteran to come in. So I would be surprised if they don't package that and and, and uh, Andrew Wiggins and try to get some veteran big help to go alongside Draymond Green as the Warriors should be extremely rested, extremely healthy. They didn't play in the bubble. And Clay Thompson didn't play last year. And then Steph missed significant time. So this they should be well rested when the NBA starts on November, uh, December 22nd tentatively. We will see if that happens for real or not. But anyway, so the Warriors got a number two pick. And, of course, Minnesota, based upon position need and who's the best available, I would think they would select Edwards. Not imp- I'm not impressed with Edwards. I don't agree with that Dwayne Wade comparison that his college coach, Tom Crean, just because he coached Dwayne Wade doesn't mean there's not much comparison between Dwayne. There, I don't see the comparison. I don't. Um, but the kid does have an NBA-ready body. I don't know how that's going to translate to him making an impact right away, which I don't think he will anyway. Matter of fact, I don't think anybody in this draft is going to make an impact right away. So that's just my opinion. Thank you for taking in the time to listen to today's show. I really appreciate all the downloads and all the uh, comments that I receive. Uh, Facebook seems to be the common place where people go to leave comments and uh, show their support. Keep doing it. Um, on Sundays, I host a uh, sports debate forum uh at 6 p.m. If you'd like to be a guest on that show, please hit me up at my email address, willwalkershow at yahoo.com. And uh, come on and debate sports with some friends of mine. Um, topics sometimes go all over the place. I close the show the same way every single time. Say a prayer for somebody because prayer changes things. Keep that social distancing up. Please wear your mask. Think about somebody else. Be safe.